it is, in a way, an odd thing to honor those who died in defense of our country, in defense of us, in wars far away. The imagination plays a trick. We see these soldiers in our mind as old and wise. We see them as something like the founding fathers, grave and gray-haired. But most of them were boys when they died, and they gave up two lives, the one they were living and the one they would have lived. When they died, they gave up their chance to be husbands and fathers and grandfathers. They gave up their chance to be revered old men. They gave up everything for our country, for us. We owe them a debt we can never repay. All we can do is remember them, what they did, and why they had to be brave for us. forget. Faith promise we will never forget. We are able to gather here this weekend and worship freely and gather freely because of the sacrifice of so many who made the ultimate sacrifice so we enjoy the freedom that we have. I'm going to ask at every campus if you have a loved one who gave the ultimate sacrifice in battle for our freedom, uh, would you stand? We want to honor them and say thanks to you. Anyone that had a loved one who served and uh, was killed in action, we want to say thank you. Stand up and remain standing. Yes. I want to pray over you. Father, I thank you for uh, the sacrifices of men and women. Thank you for people who paid the ultimate sacrifice so that we can enjoy the freedoms that we enjoy each and every day. Thank you that we can gather to worship freely without any worry because of men and women who've made the ultimate sacrifice. Lord, just as you, Jesus, made the ultimate sacrifice, we give thanks to these families. We honor them. And God, we say your peace over these families, your comfort over these families. And let them know, Lord, how grateful we are to them. In the name of Jesus, we pray and believe. Amen. Amen. Hi, Faith Promise. I'm Kyle Wall. I'm the Global Groups and Missions Pastor here at Faith Promise. I'm also the Farragut Campus Pastor. And I'm just so excited to be with, be with you this weekend. It's really a joy and a privilege to teach. I want to thank Pastor Chris for the opportunity to stand up here and teach God's Word this weekend. And Pastor Chris, it is a privilege to be on your team. Uh, thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of the team. So in 2006, I was in downtown Atlanta, and I was sitting in the balcony of a historic old church building. Uh, this old church building had been converted to a concert venue, and it was called the Tabernacle. Every band, both secular and Christian, wants to play the Tabernacle. It's an incredible venue. As I sat in the balcony with my friend and coworker William, we listened to a talk by author and speaker Donald Miller about the power of story. Though only 20 minutes long, his talk was only 20 minutes long, it was both powerful and life-giving and life-transforming for me. In fact, to say that it was life-transforming is kind of to really to undersell it because I got some principles from his talk, and I wrote them down in my journal, and I've thought about those principles almost weekly since that day in 2006. And I want to give you those principles as we start out today. Principle number one, there is a story that is capturing your heart. 
If you're at the Campbell campus, if you're at the Anderson campus, the North Knox campus, the Blunt campus, uh, the Farragut campus, shout out to you. Uh, if you're at GBB or if you're at uh, online or here at Pellissippi, there is a story that is capturing your heart. Principle number two, the greater story is the story of the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Principle number three, the primary responsibility of parents is to set the table so that the hearts of our family are captured by the greater story. Let me say that one again. The primary responsibility of parents is to set the table so that the hearts of our families are captured by the greater story, the story of the gospel. The story of the gospel. Now, everyone's life is being captured by a story. Let me ask you a question. What is the centerpiece of the story that is capturing your heart. You see, when you set a table, so I'm told, I'm not a professional at this, uh, you start with the centerpiece, and the centerpiece determines everything that's gonna go on the table, what plates you're gonna use, what silverware you're gonna use, uh, what uh, colors you're gonna use, what napkins you're gonna use. The centerpiece is the real thing. Have you ever been to a restaurant or to a setting you set at a table, and the centerpiece was so big that you could hardly see the other people? You ever had that and you had to move it? Anyone like that? Uh, I have. Am I the only person in the world? Okay, I get it. And uh, so we've all done that. And uh, so sometimes the story that's capturing our heart can block out the people at the table in our lives. Sometimes the story, the centerpiece of the story is so strong that it causes us to lose focus of the people in our inner circle, the people in our family. But everyone has a story that is capturing your heart. And every member of your family has a story that is capturing their heart. Now the question is often asked, how do we know what story is capturing our hearts? Well, I think it's kind of simple, actually. What do you think about the most? What do you dwell on? When you're all by yourself and you can think about anything, there's no pressure, you don't have any uh, responsibility, where does your mind go? What do you talk about the most? You see, sometimes the story that is capturing our heart is a person. Sometimes the story that is capturing our heart is an object or a desired possession or skill. Sometimes the story that's capturing our heart is a career or money or influence or significance. Sometimes a story that is capturing our heart is a sport, a hobby, a pastime. Sometimes it is a hurt or an if-only moment from our past. And sometimes a story that is capturing our heart is a story about the future. But everyone's story Everyone has a story that is capturing their heart. This is why Solomon said in Proverbs 4, verse 23, watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the wells of life, the springs of life. Watch over your heart. Now, the greatest story of all time is the story of the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's the greatest story of all time. And in this story, or more importantly, in the person of the story, Jesus Christ, everyone is offered a free gift. Now, people have to do something with this offer of a free gift. 
Some people just flat out reject it. I want nothing to do with that free gift. I want nothing to do with you, Jesus, at all. That's some people, and that's their choice. That choice has an eternal consequence, but that is their choice. Some people reject it in a much more subtle way in that they're being offered a free gift, but they decide, no, I don't want to accept the free gift. I really want to earn it. I want to be good enough. I want to do enough good work so that I, I earn the free gift. Does that make sense? Then it's no longer a gift. But see, they are also rejecting the gift just in a different way. Then some people, by faith, receive the free gift of the gospel, the greater story. And when they receive the free gift of the gospel, the greater story, they receive forgiveness of sins, a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. They receive abundant life here on earth now. They receive eternal life. They receive purpose. They receive hope. They receive love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They receive all of these things. You see, when the God captures our heart with the greatest story. He begins to put desires into our heart through his spirit. And then, because he's a good, good father, he gives us those desires. He gives us. King David said this in Psalms chapter 37, verse 4 and 5. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to him. Trust also in him, and he will do it. He will do it. Hmm. What does it mean to delight yourself in the Lord? It means to live in such a way that the greater story of the gospel is capturing your heart. It's capturing your heart. And see, when the story, the story of the gospel, the story of Jesus is capturing your heart, we begin to live in a different way. In fact, Jesus says that when the story of the gospel captures your heart, we begin to can live like he lived. And I want you to hear how he described how he came to live here on earth. It's our theme passage for 2019 here at Faith Promise, Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has set me, sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. You see, when we embrace the gospel, the greater story, and it captures our heart, we begin to live as Jesus lived, and we begin to live in a supernatural way. We begin to live an abundant life, which Jesus described in John chapter 10, verse 10, like this. He says, I have come that they may have life. Who's the they? It's those who receive the free gift of the gospel. Those who receive the gift, I have come that they may have life and have it, how? Abundantly. He wants us to live abundantly. He wants us to live like he lived, not in our own strength, but through the Holy Spirit, we live in a supernatural way, abundant life here on earth. That is the mark of a person whose life, whose story, the greater story in her life is capturing their heart, the story of the gospel, the story of the gospel. Now, as I sat in the tabernacle in 2006, 
My heart was moved with emotion as I listened to Donald Miller speak. In fact, I began to weep, like uncontrollably weep. My friend William's sitting next to me, and he elbows me. He's like, dude, you're all right? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm okay. I'll be all right, I promise. And it was just getting to me. Let me tell you why. You see, for the previous four years before we had moved to Franklin, Tennessee, our family had lived in central California, and we were involved in planning a church. Now, when you plan a church, the greater, the greater story is capturing your heart. You don't plan a church unless the greater story is capturing your heart. And when you plan a church, you want everyone to come and experience the greater story. You want their hearts to be transformed by the greater story. So we were all in as a family. My wife, Melanie, served in the kids' ministry. Our home was mission central for most serving initiatives in our community. We hosted the student ministry at our house every uh, Wednesday night. They took over the house. They took over the backyard. They took over the pool. They took over the street, the cul-de-sac. They came every Wednesday. We hosted an dog group in our home. Our daughters, Emily and Olivia, they were on the setup team, they were on the teardown team, they were on the coffee team, they were on the bulletin folding team. In fact, they were the bulletin folding team. Are you tracking with me? They were the bulletin folding team. They were on the worship team, on the kids team, they were on uh, every team you can imagine. We were all in planning a church. And we were consumed with the greater story. We wanted the people of Clovis, California to embrace the greater story of Jesus Christ. Now we had moved to Franklin, Tennessee. And as I sat there in the tabernacle, God clearly spoke to me. He says, Kyle, the greater story's been capturing your family's heart for the last four years. But if you don't get intentional, there are other stories other than the greater story who can begin to capture your daughter's life. There are other stories other than the greater story that can begin to capture your wife's life. There are other stories other than the greater story that can begin to capture your life. The responsibility as a parent, as parents, to set the table so that our, the hearts of our girls would be captured by the greatest story hit me like a Mack truck. And it was time for action. It was time for action. And Moses talks about this in Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning with verse 4. It's called the Shema. He says, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. And you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. What is Moses describing in verses 4 through 6? He is describing a person whose heart is captured by the greater story, the story of God's love through the gospel and Jesus Christ. He's describing that kind of person. And listen, he says, when your heart's captured like that, this is how you're supposed to, what you're supposed to do in your family. Look at verse 7. Repeat them, the stories of God. The command, the Shema, to love God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Repeat them again and again to your children. Again and again to your children. Listen, if anything is going to happen in our family's life, it must happen over and over and over before it takes hold in our family. Listen, there are things that we do in our family right now. We didn't get there by accident. There were things that were repeated over and over and over and over. Maybe not things we wanted, but they were repeated over and over and over and over. And we are where we are today because of that. 
But if you want the heart of your kids and your family to be captured by a greater story, you must tell the stories of God. You must repeat his story in the Shema over and over and over to your kids. Verse 7, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home. Listen to all the places. And when you're on the road. Now, for them on the road, most likely was walking. Maybe on a donkey, maybe on a camel, but most likely walking. For us, unless you live in a, fr- a neighborhood uh, that's friendly to walking, convenient for walking, we don't walk a lot, do we, with our families. Maybe you go to parks. But if you are walking, talk about the things of God. But for most of us, this is talking about time in our cars. And we have all this incredible technology available to us today. We can download videos. We can download music. We can download stories. We can tell the stories of God in our cars. We can tell the stories personally in our cars over and over and over. When you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. Verse 8, tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Now, back in this day, the men would wear this, it's called a phylactery. It's a calfskin box that would be tied to their forehead. And in the phylactery, in the calfskin box, was a scroll that had the Shema on it. There's one God, one God alone. Love him with all your heart, soul, and strength. It was an everyday reminder of what you're supposed to be doing. They would tie something on their hand in the same reminder. Now, we don't walk around with calfskin boxes on our head. We, we don't walk around with that kind of phylactery. But we also have phylacteries in 21st century, don't we? We have uh, jewelry that we wear. And we see a lot of people with crosses. We see people with uh, wristbands, you know, those rubber wristbands that got everything on them, like love, joy, peace, patience. I probably need to wear that patience one. And, uh, but anyway, we got all these wristbands to remind us of the things of God. We've got T-shirts. We've got caps. We even have tattoos. Now, I'm not saying I'm for or against tattoos. If you're upset that I even mentioned tattoos in church, email Micah Stevens at MicahS at faithpromise.org. Anyway, we've got all these things that are phylacteries in our life. The issue is that we, in the New Testament, is more not about what's on us reminding about Christ, but is it in our heart? What is capturing our heart? Because listen, what is capturing our heart is going to show up in our family, at the table. It's going to show up in our car. What is capturing our heart? It's going to show up in a lot of different places, what is capturing our heart. And that's the New Testament principle. Is the, this, that is the phylactery of the New Testament. It's what's coming out of your mouth. It's what your facial expressions are. There's the difference. Look at verse 9. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. What's he basically saying there? Moses is saying, put reminders where your family will see them every day. How about the mirror? How about your cell phone? You know that you can go to YouVersion and and download a reading plan and you can get your whole family on it or your whole group on it, your group of friends on it, and y'all can track how you're doing reading God's word. I heard a, a pastor, Pastor Shannon O'Dell, a few weeks ago, was talking to our staff. He says his kids wanted a cell phone. He says, okay, I'll provide you a cell phone, but here's the deal. You have to text me a verse of scripture every day that you've read from God's word if you want me to pay for your cell phone. What a brilliant idea. 
How hard is that? If you really want a cell phone, read a verse of scripture every day and text it to me. I mean, come on. What are they doing? They're getting in God's word. There's a chance for their heart to be captured by the greater story. The greater story. Listen, verses 7 through 9 is basically says that we are to be consumed with helping our kids, helping our families, helping their hearts be captured by the greatest story. It's to be all-consuming in our lives. All-consuming. It really is. Now, over the years, since I heard that talk in 2006, it was a time for action. Our family has served in the community. Our family has served uh, in the church. Our family's been on seven mission trips around the world. Uh, we ate breakfast together uh, at least five days a week when the girls were growing up. In middle school and high school, still five days a week, we ate breakfast together. At breakfast time, we would uh, spend time and we would read a devotion. When they were younger, we would read a more kid-friendly devotion. But when they became middle school and high school, some of our favorites were the, the Jesus Lives by Sarah Young and Jesus Calling and the Jesus Today. We loved these. And it was amazing, four of us at the table, and we would read a short devotion from that for the day with Scripture, and it would apply to each of us individually, uniquely. That's the work of the Holy Spirit and the greater story. But we took time, and every day that worked for us at breakfast. We knew we would be together. When our girls got into middle school and high school, we bought these uh, youth life journals from a church in Hawaii. And basically it's a read-through-the-Bible plan. Say you read two chapters a day, and then it teaches you how to ask questions about one verse that really stuck out to you. You ask some questions, you're learning to study God's word. And we used to do this with our family. It's an incredible way just to get them in God's word and allow their hearts to be captured by the greater story. And you know what? My girls didn't just need it. My wife didn't just need it. I needed that. Are you with me? I needed my heart to continually be captured by the greater story. Listen, our girls, they were at our kids and student ministry experiences consistently. Why? Why did we do all that? One reason. We wanted the Holy Spirit to capture their hearts with a greater story. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Now maybe you're wanting to do the same. In fact, I believe if you're a parent or a grandparent here, that's the desire of your heart. I want to give you five steps, five steps to begin the process of setting the table so that the hearts of your family can be captured with a greater story. Are you ready? Step number one, determine that your heart will be captured by the greater story. It's got to start there. Determine that your heart will be captured by the greater story. By the way, this is not just for families. This is for singles. This is for, with your friend group, you can do this. With your FP group, you can do this. Determine in your heart that, that your heart will be captured by the greater story. Cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Here's what happens in my life sometimes. The Holy Spirit comes to me and says, Kyle, hey, that story that's capturing your heart, it's not the greater story. Yeah, yeah, I know. And sometimes I lovingly, quickly respond to him. And go right back to the greater story. But do you know that sometimes, you probably never do this, but sometimes the Holy Spirit comes to me and says, hey, that's not the greater story. I'm like, yeah, I know, but I like this story right now, and I'm going to live with it for right now. Do you know our loving, patient, long-suffering, faithful God keeps pursuing and keeps wooing? Come on back. Come on back to the greater story. 
until he eventually gets me back to the greater story. Determine that your heart will be captured by the greater story. Number two, tell God's stories. Tell God's stories. Find ways to tell God's stories in your family and make them exciting. Don't tell God's story in a boring way ever. Come on. It's the greatest storybook of all times. Isn't it? Tell it in exciting ways. One of our favorite things we did to tell God's stories was Adventures in Odyssey. How many of you ever listened to Adventures in Odyssey from Focus on the Family? We've heard every episode of Adventures in Odyssey. This is this fictional town, and they're based from Focus on the Family. And we've been to Colorado Springs and actually seen the place on vacation. It's so exciting. But we would listen. Every night our girls went to sleep listening to Adventures in Odyssey cassette tape. That tells you how old I am, okay? Some of you don't know what that is. So I'll explain later. Every night. When we're in the car, we're on trips, we're listening to Adventures in Odyssey. I got to tell you a little secret. I was in my 40s then. When I got in the car by myself, I could listen to whatever I want. You know what I put in? Adventures in Odyssey. It was so captivating. What was happening? We were soaking up the greater story. It's captivating our hearts. Tell God's stories. Number three, tell your story of grace and mercy. Tell your story of grace and mercy. Share in your family about times that God came through for you. God was faithful for you. Tell your story about times where you messed up and, and God's lovingly brought you back and brought forgiveness to your life. Tell your story. If there was one thing I could go back and do with my family, if I had the opportunity to do it over again with our girls, it was this point right here. We would, I would have told our stories more. We told our stories more. They need to hear them. You see, back in Deuteronomy, that was a complete... Everything was about stories. They didn't write, had all this stuff written down for them to read in books. It was an oral communication. We need to tell your story. Number four. Number four. Put your family in situations where the Holy Spirit can capture their hearts. Put your family the situation with the Holy Spirit can capture their heart. I remember in 2011, uh, our family got on a plane from Virginia Beach and we flew to Chicago for the very first Jesus Culture Conference. It was called the Awakening Conference. And we gathered there at this big convention center with 16,000 plus college students. Did I feel old or what, okay? And there for several days, we heard, or about four days, we heard the most incredible speakers, most incredible worship from Jesus Culture. And it was, it was unbelievable. We got a front row seat to abundant living in the Holy Spirit like we had never experienced before in our lives. It was transformative for our family. And God captured our hearts at a greater level with a greater story. Put your kids in situations. Listen, be faithful in church. By the way, I just want to say how proud of you that I am that you're here on a holiday weekend. And I'm just really, really proud of you. It's awesome, okay? And we're not going to talk about the people who aren't here, okay? We're going to pray for them, but we're not going to talk about them. We're, we're celebrating they get to be away and do something. But I'm proud of you. I want you to know that. But what about next week and next week? Here's what I know. If the greater story is capturing your heart, church will always be a priority in your life. Because it's where we come together as believers. It's following scripture. And it will be a priority in your life. Listen, parents, get your kids to summer jam. They're going to have so much fun. They're going to meet new friends, deepen friendships and relationships. They're just going to have a blast. But I'm telling you what's going to happen. There are going to be moments at Summer Jam where the Holy Spirit speaks to their heart and captures their heart with a greater story. 
Parents, get your kids to movement. I'm telling you, I was at movement last year. What a powerful atmosphere. It's unbelievable. It's a place where they'll meet new friends. They'll have friends. Their friendships will grow. They'll have incredible fun. But I'm telling you, more than anything, it's a place where the Holy Spirit can capture their heart and change their life forever. Listen, my brother Keith, who's six years older than me, when he was in high school, he went to an event like Movement. And there at that event, God captured his heart and he surrendered his heart to Jesus Christ. At that same experience like Movement, a few years later, I went to that camp and that experience and there God called me to ministry. Put your kids in places where the Holy Spirit can capture their hearts with a greater story. You gotta be intentional. We're intentional about everything else in life. We've got to be the most intentional about putting our kids where the Holy Spirit can capture their hearts with a greater story. Number five, serve with your family. Serve with your kids at church. You don't have to be in the same area, but serve with your kids at church. Let them see you. Listen, if you're a follower of Christ and the, and the gospel is capturing your heart, the natural outflow is you're going to serve. It's just this. Serve with your family. Serve locally in our community. If you don't know where to serve, go to faithpromise.org, click on the missions tab, and there are all of our local partners that you can partner with and serve with. Serve with your family. How about going on a global mission trip? with your family. Some of the greatest experience of my life as a dad is with our family in another country where we saw God do amazing things as we served with the greater story. We have 10 to 12 mission trips a year and many of them are family friendly. Listen, we have a family of Faith Promise at our Farragut campus who lives out this greater story principle in incredible ways. The Lincoln's family. I watch consistently as Clay and Katie with intentionality, put their, they put their family in situations where the greater story can capture their hearts. Their kids are competitive swimmers. You know, if you got kids that are in competitive swimming, generally that's gonna be the greater story in their life. But their kids understand that. Competitive swimming is just a platform for them to live out the greater story of the gospel. Their entire family serves at Faith Promise. What would it be like if that was multiplied across our campuses? i tell you what it looked like. Generations rising up with a greater story. A greater story. What story is capturing your heart tonight? What story is capturing your heart today? What is it? Have you received the free gift of the greater story, the gospel? Have you received it? You can reject it or you can receive it. But if you receive it, you receive forgiveness of sins and a relationship with God forevermore. If you'd like to receive that free gift, I'm going to invite you to a voice of prayer at every campus. I'm going to ask our campus pastors to come up now and uh, to pray there at your campus. Let's pray here. We're going to pray together. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, Thank you for loving me. There's been another story capturing my heart. I want you to capture my heart. Please be my Savior. Please be my Lord. Capture my heart. I'm all in with you. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, listen, if you prayed that prayer from your heart for the very first time, we want to put a card in your hand that helps you know the next steps. Would you just lift your hand up? We're not going to embarrass you, just lift your hand up. We want to put a card in your hand to help you understand your next steps. Yes. Anyone else? Yes. Yes. All right, you can look up here. Let's rejoice with those who prayed that for the first time. Welcome to the family of God. Hey, your next step is to take that communication card and the seat back and put your name on it and just check that box that today you, you prayed with us that prayer and we want to follow up with you and put some materials in your hand. But listen, also your next step, go ahead and check that box that you want to be baptized because baptism is just going public with your faith. It's saying, everyone, I am on Team Jesus now. He has captured my heart. So go ahead and check that box. Hey, we're going to continue to worship God as we worship through giving. You know, I love at Faith Promise we have these incredible values, and I love when they, they cross over each other. We have a value of giving generously. Because we give generously, we are able to support uh, partners who work around the world spreading the gospel. We do that because we tell them of Him, which is another one of our values. Let me tell you a story that happened recently in another country that we can't name. A guy by the name of Usama, he's a Muslim man, he woke up sleep, woke up from a dream, and in his dream, he saw a man with white robes on, and he said, today is the day of salvation. You are called to be a proclaimer of my gospel. He had that dream two more times, two other times. After the third time he woke up, he knew that that person was Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He determined his heart, I'm going to learn about this Jesus. His brother found out about it, it took his property, it took his kids so his kids wouldn't be influenced by this new journey. But he set out to learn about Jesus. He went to a, a, a local church that he found, but they had heard what already had happened to him and how he'd already been persecuted. And they said, sorry, we can't help you. They were afraid. Finally, he lost almost everything and was thrown in jail. There in jail, Usama was visited by a guy, by the, a guy from one of our partners, the Timothy Initiative, who we support him. He does ministry around the world. He's a church planner with the Timothy Initiative. Maka and visited him in the jail, and there he told him about Jesus. And, and Usama was so excited to finally learn about how he could receive the free gift of Jesus and forgiveness of sins. And he invited Jesus into his heart, and he. he, he determined I'm going to tell all of my Muslim brothers and sisters and friends about Jesus no matter the cost. This is what he said. He, he said to us, thank you, Faith Promise, for giving generously to get the gospel to my country so that now I'm born again and I can tell others. He said this, I will not stop telling others about Jesus. <laughs> That's because we worship God through giving generously. He gives to us and we give back to Him. So if you're a guest, we don't ask you to put anything in the buckets except that communication card. But if you call Faith Promise Home, listen, because we love you, we're going to always ask you to take a step in the generosity journey. Walk by faith. It's the only way to walk with God is by faith. Take a step, begin to give, begin to put in your budget, begin to tithe, begin 
Follow the feeling and become a lavish giver. You cannot outgive God. I'm going to ask the ushers to come now, and we're going to give in worship of God. It's pure worship from hearts of joy. God, we give to you right now. We say thank you, thank you, thank you for the salvation of Usama. We ask your protection on him. We ask you to give him favor, and God, you would use him there in his country to see many of his brothers and sisters come to know you as their Savior. God, we give now from a heart of joy. Take these gifts and use them for your glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray and believe.